0: make sure I'm on. Oh, there we go. As we gather in this place and in this space, I invite you to take about two to three deep breaths to center yourself in this moment. Let us now prepare our hearts and our minds to worship God.
1: Please rise in body or spirit for the call to worship. It is a new day. Christ In is. our hearts and in our world. Christ In the face of an unexpected neighbor. Christ As we share God's abundance. Christ As we care for God's creation. Christ As we share the good news. Let our joy be complete.
2: be seated. I too share grace and peace in the name of Christ with you all. Welcome to worship at Westminster. If you're looking around and thinking it feels a little light in here, this is spring break for most of Marin, so that's where folks are. But we do offer a special welcome if you're visiting with us. And a note to all of us, this tends to happen after Easter and after Christmas, that visitors start to come around, so even though many of us love to reunite with our friends on Sundays, I do encourage you, if you've been coming for some time, to look for a face you don't recognize, and after the service, go up and greet them, and tell them your name, and make them feel as welcome as possible. And if you're one of those new folks and you'd like to learn more about the life of this congregation, feel free to see one of us or just chat with someone who's got a name tag on. To that end, during the offering, we invite you to pass down the registration pads and fill out your information so we could be in touch with you or stop by or and stop by the welcome table after the service outside of the narthex. And now let us join our voices together in prayer with the community prayer. Let us pray. Gracious God, how amazing that you would choose to appear to us. We can understand that you might appear to disciples who went with Jesus to do good and heal the oppressed. But us? Surely there are more talented people, more prayerful people, more faithful people than us. Today, O God, we remember that you come to us all. You come to the strong and the ill, the rich and the poor, the proud and the humble. You appear. You come to remind us what we have forgotten. Forgive us, O God, for not believing in ourselves. Appear to us now, so that we might be resurrected with your love. Amen. Our prayers continue in quiet. Friends, hear the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, the old has passed away, and the new has come. Know that we have been set free, and be at peace. Amen. This time, I invite the children who are not on spring break to come forward for a time of discovery. (coughs) Notice they give me the low attendance. Sundays to do this (laughs) that's great nice to see you all welcome welcome all right all right they're not going to tell you a story I'm going to tell you a story so you might want to turn around like Audrey right here there you go there we go good thing all right good Well, once there was someone who did such wonderful things and said such amazing things that people just felt like they had to follow this one. His name was Jesus. And one time, he came to a bunch of people who fished for a living. And he called them and said, I want to teach you something, just like he did to many others. And throughout a period of time, he taught them how much God loved them, and he taught them how much God loved other people, and therefore how to live in a way that reflected that truth of God's big and amazing love, and he made people feel bad, feel better when they felt bad, and he made them strong when they seemed weak, and he made them Able to have friends when they had been pushed aside and told that they weren't worth having friends. So you can imagine these people loved Jesus very, very much. But a day came when he had to go away. And when he went away, the people who loved him were very sad because they weren't sure they were ever going to see him again. But they couldn't just sit around and not do anything, so they went back to their lives. And so the people who had been fisher people went out to fish. And one day, probably a day like this, a beautiful day to be out in the water, they went out and they fished all day, throwing their nets in the water. But every time they pulled their nets back, they were empty. So they'd throw them out again and pull the net back, and it would be empty. Finally, at the end of the long day, they just sort of sat there. And the next morning, someone appeared to them. On the shore of the water, and it was Jesus. But you know what? They didn't recognize him. This one that they had loved for so long, when he came back, he appeared different to them. So not knowing who he was, they invited him to have a meal with him, and then he said, I tell you what, why don't you go back out fishing and throw your nets this way instead? And so that's what they did. And you know what happened? Well, you're going to find out when you go to Sunday school and you're going to talk about what this story might mean, this strange story where they didn't recognize Jesus. And you all will have to ask them if you want to find out what happened. All right. Who's our Sunday school leader? Grayson. 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 All right. Lead the way. Go now in peace. Go now in peace. May the love of God surround
3: you everywhere,
0: you may go. So at this time, we share our joys and our concerns with each other, and I've invited Sharon to kick us
4: off with a very special joy. We are a praying church, and by God, we demonstrated it last weekend during our 24-hour all church prayer vigil 64 of you many of you are not here but i see lots of you many of you 64 of you joined me in creating and implementing a beautifully set up uh church and our building and our grounds We all had uh, six different prayer stations and then we came to pray and 30 to 40 more of you came to pray so there was almost a hundred people involved in or was a hundred people involved in this prayer vigil last weekend but it wasn't all members late in the night on Friday night strangers started coming in we had two different families one with a teenager and one with smaller children and other individuals who saw our candlelit church on a Friday night and were curious it was good Friday night so they came It was truly a spiritual atmosphere. The daytimes were bright and blessed and beautiful, and the night was such a dark, sacred night. We heard from so many of you. All of us heard from you. And some of the things you were saying was that we, as we prayed together, we found hope and peace and comfort we got closer to our god and we deepened our commitment to our lord and to our church especially the future of our church so continue praying we are god's people and we are we are tr- our triune god's people and that triune god has promised us that he will bless they will bless us beyond reason when we walk with them with God, with, that, that, with them moving among us. We are about to be blessed beyond measure as we watch tremendous, beautiful things happen to this church. Good things are going to happen to this church so that this church can go out there and do the same. God bless you all.
0: Thank you, Sharon. This was the first time that we've ever done a 24-hour prayer vigil, and Sharon was certainly the guiding force, so thank you. Now, do you have other joys or concerns to share that we may pray with and for each other and our community and our world this week? Lee. Prayers
3: for
0: joy for our newest grandson, Spencer Darby. Oh, wow. Joy for a new grandson, Spencer, in Lee's family. <laughs> other joys or concerns? Yeah, Ruthie. Hmm. Absolutely, unexpected death of a college classmate this week, who really embodied the life of Jesus Christ. It sounds like others, yeah, Barb. Yes, absolutely. Prayers for the people of Syria. May peace come to that nation. Bruce. Prayers for a friend who has a diagnosis of pancreatic cancer. Diagnosis is is not good. So prayers for him, yes. Over here, Virgie. for me that I a Absolutely. So, prayers for Virginia. She is going through a transition and sounds like moving. So, prayers for you. Absolutely. There's more. There's more. So, prayers for all the transitions in your life right now. Absolutely. Nancy, did you have one? Oh, you were just pointing her out. Okay. Over, yes, Karen. Prayers for my mother in advanced Prayers for Karen's mom in the advanced stages of cancer. Michael.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Another new grandchild. Congratulations. In the back. Becky, did you have one?: Yes yeah. hmm. Oh my goodness. So her sister-in-law's husband, who died recently of a heart attack, also include the family of Olive Cook. Olive died last week. She was 99 years old, a longtime member of Westminster. There will be a memorial service, but probably not for a little while. So we'll certainly let you know when that happens. Let's take a few moments in quiet, and then I'll lead us in the Lord's Prayer. So let us pray. Gracious God, you hear the prayers of your people. They're offered in the name of the one who teaches us to pray together, saying, "Our."
1: Now for the first scripture reading, this is from Psalm 71, 15 through 19. My mouth will tell of your righteous acts, of your deeds of salvation all day long, though their number is past my knowledge. I will come praising the mighty deeds of the Lord God. I will praise your righteousness, yours alone. O God, from my mouth you have taught me, and I still proclaim your wondrous deeds. So even to old age and gray hairs, O God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to all the generations to come. Your power and your righteousness, O God, reach the high heavens. You who have done great things, O God, who is like you? This is holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God.
0: Our second scripture passage today is from the book of Acts. Then Peter began to speak to them I truly understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears God and does what is right is acceptable to God. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, preaching peace All the prophets testify about him, that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. This too is holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. So Groucho Marx once famously talked about a letter that he sent to a club to which he belonged. And the letter said, please accept this as my resignation. I do not want to belong to a club that would have me as a member. (laughs) I love that story. And I can't help but wonder if those early church folks were thinking a little bit of something like that following Jesus' death and resurrection. Prior to Jesus' death and resurrection, the number of people who were followers of Jesus was relatively small. It was a small club. But then following his resurrection, as word began to spread about Jesus the Christ and the risen Lord, more and more people wanted to join in this movement. And that truly was the message of the resurrection. As Peter reminds us, God has no partiality. Jesus is Lord of all. It truly was a message for all people. And that was and is good news, but it was a challenge as well, especially a challenge for the Jews and the Gentiles, two groups of people who did not get along. Could it be possible for people from both groups to come together and to follow Jesus? Could it even be possible for people from those two groups to even sit down and share a meal together? So different were all of the rules and regulations by which they lived their lives. But Peter is certain God shows no partiality. And in fact, immediately following this passage that we heard today, Peter begins to baptize Gentiles and to welcome them into the community. Now, as he does this, some of the traditionalists are a little uncertain they thought perhaps they belonged to a more exclusive club. They start to grumble about these Gentiles. And Jesus, or Peter responds to them by saying this. He says, if God gave them the same gift that God gave us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I should hinder God? Two groups of people who never thought they could or would come together on anything, now following Jesus together. God shows no partiality. Jesus Christ is Lord of all. Who are we that we should hinder God? Good news, yes. Challenging news, yes, not just for the people then, but even for us today as we consider who really is welcome in our communities, as we think about how we draw our circle ever wider. And this message is not just a communal message, it's also a personal message. For if God truly shows no partiality, then that new life promised through the resurrection is indeed promised to each one of us. God's abundant love is given to each one of us. Now, I don't know about you, but that can sometimes be a challenging message for me to hear, depending on what's going on in my life or how I'm feeling about myself on any given day. God's love is for me too. Now during the Lenten season, San Francisco Theological Seminary sent out a daily devotion written each day by a different member of the SFTS community. And last Sunday, the Easter devotion was written by Dr. Marcia McPhee. She's the visiting professor of worship at the seminary. And this is what she had to write for Easter Sunday. Listening and taking in what we hear can be tricky. Perhaps something someone says feels so impossible that understanding it is completely out of the realm of our imagination. It makes me wonder what I have yet to take in and own deeply in my very being. What have I heard in the listening that still has yet to truly register? This Easter season, what promises do we need to remember and believe about the possibility of new life? What must we repeat until we truly get it? She then goes on to offer a series of resurrection statements. You are created in the image of the divine. You are a beloved child of God. You are loved without condition you have a place at the table I am with you always new life is possible death is not the last word and then McPhee continues grief can cloud the vision of resurrection new life might not make any sense while we are immersed in the depths of despair sometimes we need to be reminded So I invite you to say those affirmations to yourself. And if it feels hard to hear the first time, say it again and again. You are created in the image of the divine. You are a beloved child of God. You are loved without condition. You have a place at the table. I am with you always. New life is possible. Death is not the last word. That is the promise of the resurrection. That is the promise of the Easter season. God shows no partiality. Jesus Christ is Lord of all. It is a message filled with hope and with promise and with challenge. For in that message, we are called to love ourselves just as much as God loves us. And we are called to love others just as much as God loves them. So how do we even do that? Where do we start to offer this abundant love? In her memoir that's called Practicing Resurrection, Nora Gallagher writes about studying for the ministry. And as part of her studies, she's an intern at a local church And one of her tasks is to meet with this group of church folks and plan a Lenten study series. And she writes about their very first meeting together. She says, they looked at me, and I looked back at them. None of us knew exactly what I was supposed to be doing there. And from two of them, there was a look of respect, as if I were holy, or at least holier than they. I wanted to scream. I wanted to say, this very afternoon, I threw the finger at a driver who cut me off on the freeway. (laughs) I wanted to say, I've forgotten how to pray. The ministry study here has taken up so much time, I don't have time to pray. But they didn't want or need to hear any of this. So as I sat down, what a friend had told me recently moved through my mind. You are the material, my friend Christina had said. They will use you. Certainly, I'm not the one God loves. I don't deserve that. Certainly, I'm not the one promised new life. I haven't earned that. Certainly, I'm not the one called to share that message of hope with somebody else. I can't do that. But yes. Yes, you can. You are the material. God will use you. I love that her book is called Practicing Resurrection because resurrection is something that needs to be practiced. On those days when we are really struggling, those signs of new life can be so hard to see. Those times when we are feeling really down about ourselves It's hard to feel that abundant love of God. Those times when we're arguing with someone else, it's hard to remember that God loves them too. So we practice. So we help one another. So we say again those phrases from Marsha McPhee. You are created in the image of the divine. You are beloved child of God. You are loved without condition. You have a place at the table. I am with you always. New life is possible. Death is not the last word. We tell that to ourselves. We embody those phrases. We live those phrases. And then we share those with somebody else. McPhee ends her devotion by writing this, We do just as Jesus told us, and take these messages to others, especially those who are still standing in the tomb, wondering where love has gone. For that is the other part of Peter's message that we heard today. Once we have heard the good news of the resurrection, we are called... Peter actually uses the word commanded to then preach and to testify to others. Who, me? I have nothing to share. I have nothing to say. But yes, you do. You are the material. God will use you. You Throughout the Psalms, the psalmist often can't help but sing of God's amazing and abundant love. We heard it in the psalm this morning. My lips will tell of your miraculous deeds. I will tell of your righteousness, my God. Just this last Sunday, one week ago today, we sat in here and we celebrated Easter and what the resurrection means in our lives. How many people have you told that good news to in this past week? How have you, like that psalmist, proclaimed of God's mighty deeds in your life? You know, Gallagher talks about practicing resurrection. Parker Palmer, on the front of your bulletin cover, talks about choosing resurrection. It is a choice. You know, we could choose not to forgive. We could choose not to love. Our choice, though, does not affect God's choice. For God has already chosen each one of us. God has chosen resurrection. God has chosen new life. It is now up to us to choose how we receive that amazing gift. It is up to choose how we will share that gift. Now, Sitting here, it might seem obvious, of course I choose resurrection, of course I choose new life. But I don't think the choice is that obvious. For choosing resurrection means choosing love for all, even our enemies. Choosing resurrection means choosing to receive God's love in our own lives, even when we are struggling the most. Choosing resurrection means choosing to sit at the table with those with whom we disagree fiercely. Choosing resurrection means choosing to trust that we are indeed the material and God really is going to use us. Now, a friend of mine who's a preacher on the East Coast shared that he preached his shortest sermon ever on Easter Sunday last week. It was 158 words. It probably took three minutes or less to preach that sermon. I'm not gonna share the whole thing with you, (laughs) though I could, but I am gonna share just a little bit. He said this, some years are harder than others. There are years you just can't wait to be done with, years you are glad to never see again. Maybe it's the year you lost a loved one, or faced an unimaginable tragedy, or just didn't know what to do. Maybe it's the year you felt buried in the tomb. Maybe you didn't have a year like that, but maybe you have. So today, for those of you who've had that year, I offer my shortest and truest sermon about the resurrection It Worked. He says, praise God, it worked then, it works now, and it will work for you. Okay, maybe you don't need more than 158 words. It worked then, it worked now, it will work for you. A beautiful message. I, however, might add just a little bit more to the end of that. It worked, and it takes work. Resurrection is something that we practice, something that we choose, something that's a challenge. For when we choose resurrection, we choose to love ourselves and we choose to love one another just as God loves us. And then once we have done that, let's share the good news, let's preach and let's testify that Christ is indeed risen. He is risen indeed. I'd like to close with a prayer. It's from the Iona community. So let us be in prayer together. Lord Jesus, here are your disciples. Your wounded hands and feet in the world today are ours. At times we have been the frightened ones, staying at a distance, worried about our safety or our reputations, But you come close to us, bringing peace and challenge, unlocking our potential and setting us free. At times, O God, we have been the doubting ones, when creeds, conflict, or certainty has evaded us. But you come close and allow us to speak our minds, accepting us and setting us free. At times we have been the confused ones, feeling far from you with questions that don't have answers. So in the evening of your resurrection, we listen for your voice. The risen Christ says to us, peace be with you. As God has sent me, so I am sending you. Through our fear, through our doubt, through our confusion, may we continue Jesus' work as we travel many roads, liberated and united by the love of the resurrected one. Amen. I invite you to remain seated as we sing together number 231. <laughs> Amen. You may be seated. I encourage you to take a look at your bulletin. Notice all that is coming up here in the life of the church community. I want to highlight just a few for you, those that are related to our capital campaign. First, throughout the month of April, we'll be having a Forward in Faith Bible study. As our church prepares to move forward in faith, we'll take a look at some of the biblical characters who are moving forward in faith. Today, immediately following worship is the Exodus, which will be taught by Grayson Spangenberg. And then upcoming this week, both on Wednesday morning and next Sunday after worship, you can go to one or the other. Uh, The subject is Nehemiah and the Rebuild. So I encourage you to take advantage of that. Second, uh, we have been having Forward in Faith dinners and brunches, a chance in a smaller environment to get to know more about our capital campaign and what we're planning to do. If you haven't been able to attend one of those gatherings, we are having a potluck here on Saturday, April 21st. You're invited here to the church and to, again, come see a special video about the campaign, hear a little bit more about it. There's a sign-up board in our narthex if you're interested in participating in that. And then finally, the month of April is busy for our capital campaign. There's gonna be two opportunities to actually make your pledge to the capital campaign. Um, One will be in worship on June 3rd. The second will be at the end of the month. We're having an advanced commitment gathering on April 25th. So if you have prayerfully considered how you would like to support this campaign and are feeling moved to get our campaign off to an inspirational and generous start, and you would like to be an advanced committer, you are certainly invited to that gathering on the 25th. If you'd like to talk more about what that means please feel free to search out michael hatfield right here or rob or myself and we can certainly talk with you more about that Um, but no though the capital campaign is big in the life of our church it certainly isn't the only thing going on so take a look at this bulletin and i invite you to get involved so now i invite you to stand as you are comfortable for our closing hymn that is number two four six about you but I love that we are continuing to sing Christ is alive even though Easter Sunday was last week in the Christian church the season of Easter actually lasts for several weeks so we will continue to sing and we will continue to praise Christ is alive and now as you go from this place know that the love of God who is our creator Jesus Christ our redeemer the Holy Spirit our sustainer goes with you now and always, amen.